Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. It's your host, DC, Derek Co, Kane Fan Co, however you want to say it. Got the co-host Dirty Bird, got the other co-host John Michaels, fresh off of vacation. Yep. He's ready to go. I know he found it. You know, he had one bear, two bears, three bears, four bears, oh no, five bears, six bears, seven was, bears, eight bears, nine yeah, bears, and lots a of bears, man. So, <laughs> You got to do, do it in the Jamaican accent, though, Co. Shaba. 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 Listen, all I know is that's how Stone Cold Rock and Rolls it on the reel, so I just wanted to kick that. So, listen, <laughs> we're looking to a great show tonight. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening in the works. We got spring ball. We got practices. We got, you know, Hall of Fame people stopping by practices. But first and foremost, there was a tweet that kind of happened earlier in the week. There was Uh-oh. a call out. Bird, you and my boy, you know, Mike McCoy had some issues about your boy Ben Simmons and what he is and what he's not. And then Maddie Maddie wanted to jump in and get into the equation. (laughs) Then John started to get into the equation. So I said, look, let's go ahead and make this happen. So, Bird, let's go ahead and bring in, you know, Mike McCoy. Let's bring in Maddie. Let's let's get these guys rolling. And and I'm going to drop it like this. Bird, the table is yours. Oh, I'm going to start this off. Well, first off, Mike. Nothing but love, you know, you and I are boys, but but we we've got a little bit of a disagreement here, man. That hold on, I got a question. Hold on, hold on, hold up. Can you see me? Yeah, we yeah, see you. Of course I, see I see you, I see you, Reggie. My, I see you, Reggie. My, hold on, I'm having an issue with my because I can't see you guys. Uh oh. Reggie. Man, I, um, I got three three monitors up and it's not on any of them. I don't know what the hell is going on? But I can hear you. I just can't see all you. Right, all right. We see you. What? That's all right. You, you keep working on that, man. But, uh, you know, look, you, you you wanted to call it out and say, hey, I want to come on Kang Gang. I want to I want to debate you. And of course, you know, <laughs> Matty Ice right over here is our is our is our basketball guy, man. You know, during Kane's hoop season, man, in the group chat, man, he's always bringing the uh, bringing the knowledge and everything. So, you know, he's like, hey, I, I want to jump in on this. And I don't even know what side he's on yet. Right. So we're going to we're going to kind of find out. But just to kind of square this thing up, but, you know, I basically made a comment that Ben Simmons is, and I use the trash can emoji, right? And Mike took exception to that. So, you know, we kind of had this whole retweet and comment thing and calling each other out. So, you know, here we are to kind of, you know, put our position. I don't think we're going to change either one of our positions, but we're going to, we're going to debate it out. We're going to hash it out. So Mike, I want to throw the floor to you first to, 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 to start us off, man. It's simple. I just I have a question. I, I want to know why you feel that way about Ben Simmons. And mind you, mind you, okay. I, I think we got to lay some not rules because there's I mean, yes, there's rules to debate, but some I'm not trying lines. to okay. yeah, not even that. Just so we know what we're talking about, because I think that you are you personally are unable to separate personal feelings versus skill when it comes to whoever Whoa. it is. In this case, when it, in this case is Ben Simmons, because you don't like him because he's a bum because he gives up. None of that has to do with skill. None of that has to do with skill. So we got to keep that in mind. I think that's, I don't know if I'm oh, he's, he's skilled. I'll tell you that before we even start debating the skills there. The thing is, is that, you know, when you look at a guy who makes, what is it, $30 million a year right now in, in, in his contract, 
and um, you know, the guy's out with a bad back. Meanwhile, I put put on the the Brooklyn New York game last night, and I see him out there slinging passes and shots up and stuff, and I'm like, there ain't no way this guy with his team on the fringe of being a play in, in the playoff hunt can't play right now, right? And let's be real, that Brooklyn team probably if he, if he could get in and build some chemistry with Kyrie with uh, KD with the role players on that team they have a legitimate shot to make some noise in the playoffs right they could be a real thorn to a one two seed right um so right. why is the guy not out there right like all the talent in the world look right? but I, oh, I thought you were done go ahead go ahead I thought you were done go no ahead. no I was gonna say all the talent in the world but upstairs he just doesn't care and I'm not here to debate that. I, I, I okay. don't care about his mental. <laughs> I don't give a damn about his mental. I would care about his mental if I was a Nets fan or a Philly fan, because if you're a Philly fan, you just lost a gem, all right? You lost the modern-day version of, and I'm not the only one to say this, of Magic Johnson. Let's just be honest with you, okay? Um, uh, uh, maybe a poor man's version of Magic Johnson, a left-hand yeah, version. Real, that's man. definitely a real reach. poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, this way. Reach this is, way. Reach is a toothbrush, Mike. Put it this way. LeBron wasn't the closest thing to Magic Johnson because uh, Ma- Magic was not a scorer like LeBron. This is the closest thing to Magic that we've seen. My opinion, you can disagree with it if you want to, hey. fine. But hold up, but um, go ahead, go ahead. I don't want you. No, to I was going to say side side note on that. Um, and I'm I've never been a big fan of this kid, but Lamelo Ball <laughs> the other night against the Heat, even though that you know Heat drubbed him by like thirty plus points or just under thirty. Dude, that play he had was straight Magic Johnson, where he ran and he did the turn, and then he dished it out for three. But that's that's right. not what we're here to discuss. So, sorry but even then, he's more, I get into way more of a score than than Magic. But my thing is, um, there's no way that you are the player that you were in college, become a first round pick, and teams still see you in the light to want to trade the house for him. Okay, give up you know, uh, James Harden or whatever, to get that knowing that you're a liability offensively. Why? Because the guy brings so many other things to the table as a point guard, okay, as a point guard for, at the point guard position, there's just, just no way you could call him a scrub. Now, if you want to know why I don't even hold that, it, it, it was if you're a true basketball fan or whatever, it was upsetting to see what happened last year, give up, you know, whatever. But you want to know what? Happens once you learn from it. Still a young guy that I, I could give him the benefit of that. I was like, you know what? It happened. Okay, it sucks. It's no excuse. Looks really bad on him, and it's gonna stay with him throughout his whole career. But it happened once. Fev's the second, third, fourth time. Okay, look, look, look at James Harden. How many times has he given up on a team? He's not getting the heat that Ben Simmons is getting. Nowhere near it. Why? Because he can oh, score. He, he will for me. He will for me. I can't stand. I can't stand okay. either. The general consensus. The general consensus. Why isn't he get? Why? The guy won MVP, didn't he? Like once or twice. No. At least once. I know he won MVP. MVP can be sweet. He's nowhere getting the hate that Ben. And this is the guy that wiggled his way out of uh, Houston. Has wiggled his way out of uh, uh, Brooklyn, okay, which is the team he wanted to go to. Why isn't he getting it? If 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 it's he's maybe just as detrimental a team it has been. We can give it to them. But real quick, let's let's let let's let Maddie and John weigh in on this a little bit here too. Yeah, I know me, I know the bark could get in here. So yeah, I, I really wanted to get on this. So <laughs> this is what I'm gonna say. Ben Simmons is not a trash player. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he has the tools to be a great player and I think he has the potential to become a great player. 
but he I have not seen improvement in the four years that he's been a player and specifically offensively um, same offensive game. I would say about 80 to 85% of his shots are within like two to three feet of the basket. You know, that's fine. All good and dandy. But like, if he wants to take his game to the next level, he has to develop like, you know, me and Mike had talked about this, a mid range shot. It would help him immensely. Um, he's shooting like 15% from like the mid range, like elbow extended. Um, the thing I will say too, I feel like everything that is good about his game is you could argue is God-given talent in terms of IQ, uh, vision, passing, and his size. Um, that's not to say I think he I think he has immense potential, um, but I mean I want to read something because I thought I thought this was super interesting. I saw it uh, I think it was yesterday, um, but there was a draft like analyst. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Draft Express and um, his like synopsis of Ben Simmons went viral. I don't know if you guys saw this. At 15 years old. It was um it was uh Ben or Simmons lack of competitiveness in crucial games has raised questions about his character. Those who know him best say he needs things to resolve or revolve around him and on and off the court and that he's often been closed-minded to coaching and to instruction. And I think that's a huge thing. I like that he's working with Kyle Korver, you know, to develop that jumper. Kyle Korver, one of the greatest shooters of all time. He is. But is he actually going to put in the work? And I don't know. From everything let, I've seen the four years, I don't see it happening. So let, let me let me bring this up. Obviously, it's Ben Simmons and, and not trashing the guy or anything. There. But if you look at his career, I mean, the dude averages over his whole career is almost 16 points a game, eight rebounds, and a little over seven assists. You know, you talk about he doesn't have that mid-range jumper. But maybe that's not his game. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? That's like taking Shaq and saying, Shaq, I want you to go behind the arc and I want you to start shooting threes. But if Ben's game is literally inside the paint, why are we knocking him for that? If that's his game, why are we doing that? I'm just well, I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And yeah. let me just say something too. I don't think that point guard is the position for him then if he's not going to develop in that way. I think that he would much be better three suited. Or four. To be playing like a well, I don't want to label positions, but be playing in that high post, yeah. run the offense yeah. through him in the high post in that way. He shouldn't be bringing the ball up. He's, I, I will say this, he's really good in transition, um, playmaking in transition, but it's completely different than the half court, in my opinion. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I think that's team specific because in this situation right now, with a team that has two of the best one on one players we've ever seen, okay you want him playing the point guard because you don't want to take the ball at his hands. All right. And give it to Kyrie. How, how I think Ryan suggested a couple of days ago, because number one, Kyrie has never been the playmaker will never be the play. Kyrie thinks this is uh, Rucker park, which is fine if that's what the team needs, but in terms of a playmaker. Okay. Look, when Kyrie came into the league, he was playing on a really bad Cleveland team. Right. And in the NBA, my opinion, one superstar on a bad team can get you in the playoffs. Kyrie couldn't do that in a bad Eastern conference. Okay. Now two superstars, three superstars can win you, can get you to a conference finals, win the NBA. If Kyrie was a decent player, and this is not trashing Kyrie, because even he went to Ben to, to, to James Harden and said, the offense flows better when you run point guard. And James, James Harden isn't a point guard. He's a shooting guard. There's only two people in the NBA right now that average 10 plus assists. And ironically, it's James Harden and um and Chris Paul. But
But James Harden has to pass the ball because he has to pass the ball because he's getting double teamed. So he passes it out, makes the right play. Not because he's seeing the floor like a floor general and making the plays and two sees play develop two, three steps ahead like Chris Paul does. No, no, no. He's passing it because he has to. That's why he's getting 10 assists per game. Ben Simmons. Um, and like I said, I agree with you, what you're saying. I would like to see him in the high post, maybe at the elbow, but team specific to do to, uh, whatever that team needs on this team. I disagree with you 100%, Ryan. If you take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands and put it in Kyrie just because you feel that Ben Simmons – I'm sorry, yeah, that Ben Simmons has zero offensive threat with the ball, which is not true because uh, Bird just said – not Bird. Cole just said he averages 16 a game for his career. For a guy that can't shoot and you know that the only way he can score is going to the basket, that's pretty damn good. Here's the problem, and I got to dive into Ben Simmons. No, no, I was going to call for you on this, man. Ben Simmons um, – does he have skill? Absolutely. Could he be, if he were to apply himself, I think he'd be better served to play a Draymond Green role, be a power forward, rebound, be able to facilitate, be able to run the break, do everything that he does there. But mentally, he's one of the weakest players in the NBA. And this goes back to when he was at LSU. He's a quitter. I know, I get it. You were at LSU for one year and you didn't make the NCAA tournament. And the second you didn't make the tournament, you go to the NIT, you quit on your team. That, to me, lets me know who you are. And I had to watch all, I guess it was seven games last year between the Hawks and the 76ers, up close and personal here in the ATL. And he quit. The fourth quarter, his coward ass couldn't even take a shot. He didn't even want the ball in his hands because he can't shoot a free throw. He can't make a shot. He, he had a spin move for a dunk. Literally spins off a Hawks defender. It's a two-hand tomahawk, and he passes away, and it ends up being a foul for somebody else. Mm. I don't need mentally weak players on our team. Can you imagine him playing for the Miami Heat? Eric Spolstra and Udonis Haslam would run his coward ass right the hell out of Miami. That's, That's probably what he needs. That's probably it what he needs. What he, it is what he needs. And then you go into this year, I don't want to hear about a back because he started the year with mental illness. That was his excuse, mental illness. Yet he was running around with whatever girl he's dating now, the girl that he's supposed to be getting married to. He's running around everywhere with her, so he didn't have any mental illness. He's showing up to practice in sweatpants. I would have cut him. I would have fired him right then. I know you can't do that in the NBA with $30 million associated to it. And then he cried like a little brat to get traded out of Philadelphia because he couldn't handle the fan base there. Part of the reason he hasn't showed up in Brooklyn yet, I don't want to hear that his back is hurting or whatever. He's too candy-ass to show up. And that's nope. the biggest issue I have with Ben Simmons. You got punked by Bogey Bogdanovich and Trey Young and a, a half-healthy DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. The Hawks are not a tough team. Skilled, yes. Tough, absolutely not. And that's what you dealt with with Ben Simmons. Until I see him get mentally stronger, he's a guy I've never won on my team. Period. One hundred percent. So one hundred percent, man. I I absolutely agree with the take there. So that's the thing that you look at the skill set that Ben has, which he has a great skill set. Some of the things he does, he does really, really well. But defending against him, and that's the thing with me for the point guard. First off. He puts a lot. He, he turns the ball over a lot, right? Which that's one thing when I look at a point guard, I think he's got averages like four turnovers a game. You know, if I look at my point guard and they're turning the ball over that much, I got a problem with that, right? So that's why I like Kyrie. I think Kyrie sparks your offense. I think he creates more. I think he he gets everybody moving and in a better flow. So that's why my argument with, you know, I would play Kyrie at the one and Simmons at the two, even though the game's really positionless, it's somewhat irrelevant now, right? I mean, technically both the guys could kind of bring the ball up, but I think Kyrie is the spark plug for the offense and the guy who 
really is gonna is gonna push the the team there. But you know, you talk about the skill set that he has and whatnot, and everybody tries to complain. Oh, he, you know, he does the same things like a Draymond Green, or for us all as Canes fans, the stuff Jordan Miller does. The difference between Ben and Jordan and Draymond Don't you slander is, Jordan Miller. Oh, I would never. It's my favorite guy on the basketball team. Now. I, I know, love I'm just that joking. guy. Absolutely, I would never slander him. But what I was going to say is, is that you know the difference is those guys when they do those things, their intangibles are off the charts, right? They are absolute hustle guys. They care, you know. Um, th- I mean, those are guys that you want on your side. Ben's going to collapse, and the, the the hotter the heat gets, the more he crumbles, right? Like you look, and I can't remember if he was rookie of the year, but um, you know, every year since his rookie year. He's gotten worse, and that's a weird thing. But we do have to go to a break here, guys. Um, we'll be back a little bit in just a few minutes here talking more on Ben Simmons, NBA, Kane stuff, 10 wins baseball in a row. I mean, there's just so much going on here in the world of Kane fans. But you're listening to Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, Channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
we're back. I mean, obviously, this is a good debate. I'm enjoying this. I, you know, listen, you know, I, I just moved last week and I just moved places. So I'm still kind of getting stuff situated, things like that. But I got the air fryer. I, I knew I was getting ready just to relax. I had the wings in the air fryer. I mean, like I literally got them right here. Like I'm just you got the Costco back. wings, right? <laughs> Bro, there's, there's you know what no you want to know what you are. You want to know what you are, Cole. You know that meme. You know that meme of the guy pulling up the chair at like a barbecue. He comes, <laughs> sits down. That's what you do. He's hey, a, listen. I'm just here for the entertainment. Like I was gonna get a bucket of popcorn and just you know kind of be like that guy. But again, listen. This is good constructive debating, right? Because again, everybody's gonna have an opinion, John, and, and you know how it is, right? Like just because we don't like somebody or we feel a different way, this is what's good about debate. You know, I, I, I just sit back and I relax. And, you know, again, we can have this debate with people all the time about LeBron and MJ. Maddie, oh. you and I were talking about it earlier. Like, <laughs> like to me, when, when there's no debate. MJ is the GOAT. Like, there's just – there's no debate. And to me, when you get this millennial generation, a lot of the millennial generation, let me rephrase that, they all think LeBron because, like, LeBron's been in the league for 19 years, right? So I don't, know. though. Let's just but settle the, that. Yeah, I don't want people said, in my that's DMs. That's why I said most of the, most of the millennials. <laughs> Because what happens is you've been in the league for 19 years. The game has changed. Right. Like, and we've talked about this. I would love to see LeBron playing against the bad boys and people like that. Try to bring that stuff to the hole, you know, with, you know, the lamb beers and, you know, those guys back then. It'd be a whole different ball game for LeBron. You know what I mean? You, you say what you want, though. And, and this is where – and I you know, I grew up watching Michael. I'm old enough to see every game that Mike played. And I, I was not an MJ fan the way a lot of people are. I, I like Barkley better. LeBron would have done whatever the hell he wanted in the 80s and the 90s. Anybody could say what they want. All Lambeer would stop them. That dude is 6'8 and 265 pounds of chiseled muscle. He'd come down the lane and dunk on Rick Mahorn's fat butt. He would have ran Bill Lambeer's sorry butt right out of the paint. Say what you want about LeBron. He would average 30 a game in the 80s as well. Now, is Michael still the GOAT? Yes. Michael but LeBron would feel the next day of getting those hits from time and time and getting knocked on his ass from time to time. And too. so would they, there was never a player that was built. Magic was no magic was as close to being as built. Like he is as far as height wise, but yeah, he yeah. wasn't, I mean, LeBron is chiseled out of granite. Correct. Go back and look at some of the small forwards that would have tried to guard him uh, back in the eighties. I mean, that's just, that's just not going to happen. But even some of the other guys like Larry Johnson and those guys that were like just bruisers down low, um, uh, Charles Oakley, you know, people like that, you know, back in the day, like, like they, they took that position seriously, holding that middle down. Right. Rick like today. Mahorn. Yeah. I, I'm just saying though, but today all your centers, ADs and all your big centers, they just want to play 24 feet from the goal and just pop threes all day. It's right. just different. It is. So I, I, I want to get back. Cause I know Mike is, is, is with you. Ben Simmons and that that's his guy. All right, we're, we're going to get you a Ben Simmons jersey for the first Kane uh, tailgate coming up this year. Mike, thing, hell no, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go uh, sleeveless or whatever to scare the people off how you, how you kind of, <laughs> how you kind of hinted towards before we got on there. But no, I just want to address something that, that, that Bird said in the last segment. And I, yeah, yeah, Bird said in the last segment about, you know, his mental, whatever. I'm not a Philly fan and you don't have to be a Philly fan to know about what's going on with Ben Simmons. You could be an insider, whatever, which I'm not. However, I'm not in the know. Sometimes people do things to get, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm playing devil's advocate. I am not defending him here because I don't know, because I'm not a Ben Simmons fan. I'm defending him on the front that people call him a scrub. And I don't think they know what the hell they're talking about when they say that, because do you watch the game of basketball? But what I'm trying to say is sometimes people do things to force their way out of situations. And I'm not saying he did that because I don't know, but I'm saying it's a possibility because 
I don't know what he was sick of. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. I don't know his relationship with whoever in the front office, on the team, whatever the case was. But maybe he's a punk, you know, jerk, wuss, how, how, how John was saying. Or maybe he was saying, I'm going to do this to get the hell out of, to get the hell out of, out of Philly because I don't want to be here. I'm not saying it's what happened. I'm saying since I don't know, playing devil's advocate, that could be it. The other thing I want to do address is the following about how Ryan insists that the offense would flow better if a healthy Ben Simmons was to uh, be on playing on Brooklyn right now, but the ball would be in Kyrie's hands. Ryan, get that out of your head, okay? You want to know how many 10 assist, 10 assist games Kyrie has in his career? Oh, okay, you did homework. Okay, you did if, homework. All right, I didn't you know do who homework. has a better assist turnover I ratio? I did, I did two oh, instances of homework. <laughs> I did two instances of homework, and these are the only two because this isn't a statistics debate. It's a common sense debate. Oh, okay. 58 games. 58 games that he has assisted 10 times or more, okay? He's had a longer career than Ben Simmons. You want to know how many 10 assists, 10 assists games Ben Simmons has? 74. 74. 74. You do not need the best ball handler on your team, the best scoring threat, to run the offense, you need the guy that can set you up in the half court, that can that could see a mismatch. Brooklyn doesn't want to play in the half court. They want to push the ball. Okay, but you're going to have to play in the half court when? In the playoffs. In the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. in the playoffs four things win games. I'm going to list them for you right here. Half Defense. court offense. Okay. Rebounding. Rebounding 100%. The ability to be interchangeable on defense. Okay, you need that okay. because this is an age of positionless basketball. All right, yeah. and I forgot what my fourth was. I forgot what my fourth was, but I had it in my head. Those let's just say it was three. All right, rebounding, the ability to score in the half court, and to be interchangeable offensively. So you can free for all all you want to throughout the regular season, but when it comes down to I need a bucket right here, right now. Okay, um, you don't want Kyrie to to, to seek out a play. You want to know what you want Kyrie to do? Well, I'm going to hit a game seven game winner in the in the finals, which LeBron didn't even want to do. Because LeBron LeBron said, go ahead and you take that, Kyrie. Tell me he didn't. Tell me oh, he didn't. Because LeBron doesn't have that killer instinct. Tell me he didn't. Bro, no, no, don't, don't, don't try to get me defending LeBron, bro, because that ain't going to happen. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. But look, there's just no look. way in hell that that offense, all right, and, and, I'm, and I'm not the guy to – Go off what the pundits say, because this is what I say to the pundits. And for those of you that are not watching, it's a big middle finger. All right. Those That's are the pundits. Steve everybody, everybody is in agreement that if and when Ben Simmons is healthy, the offense is going to, the ball is going to be in his hands 100%. Because you don't want two of the best scorers of all time, maybe, one-on-one -on -one players. You want them to score. You don't want them to have dual responsibilities of having to set up the, other, the offense and scoring. That makes zero sense, Ryan. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. I don't disagree with what you're saying as far as I want – I would if I had been on my team, and again, I'd want him to play a Draymond role um, only because he's a guy that can't shoot and we know he's afraid of free throws. So that would be to me rebound, push the ball. But I agree, I don't want Kyrie running the offense because Kyrie running the offense is Kyrie running an offensive play for himself. He's yeah. going to come down, dribble, dribble, do the New York over dribble, find a way to come up and shoot a shot. The problem, though, with Ben running it, especially in the fourth quarter in a playoff game, is you're now playing four on five. Because if I'm playing against him, I'm doubling you're KD. Loading the paint. I'm loading the paint, and I'm letting his sorry ass shoot. You want to shoot a free throw? Shoot it. And the second you drive, I'm hammering you. And now you yeah. can go to the line, and eventually he'll turtle up like he did a year ago. Regular season, Ben, can be really good. And what I hope, because I'm a, I'm a basketball fan 
more so than like I hate the Knicks because they're the Knicks, but they suck, so it doesn't matter. You know, I, I hate the Lakers because they beat the Heat in the finals a couple of years ago. I hate during the COVID. Celtics. During COVID, come on. Still, the Heat should have won. Without Bam, without without Goran, we should have won the title that year. Correct. My point yeah. to that is though, I enjoy fun and well played basketball. Right. When Ben is on, two years ago, three years ago, Ben Simmons was a fun player to watch. The problem was mentally it hit him last year in the playoffs and he hasn't recovered. And do we think now in the play-in game he's suddenly going to be mentally sharp? What happens no, the first time he gets fouled and he has to shoot two free throws down three? He's going to miss him. And that's my fear yeah. if I'm Brooklyn. I don't want him to come back if I'm Brooklyn. We'll start next year with you. Yeah. That's fair. No. I, I'm just hoping a change of scenery is, is what he needed, what he wanted and needed. If he if that's the case, he 100% went about it the wrong way because we've seen guys want trades and go about it the right way. KG wanted a trade. You almost never heard about it until you heard about it. All right. James Harden handled it the wrong way and so on and so forth. But you're going to say something, uh, Matt? No, I was just laughing because James Harden put on like 30 pounds during the he season. He fatted right? his way. He fatted his way out yeah. of Houston. He laid oh his way out of there. But you know what that is, Mike? That is a generational thing, and I, I hate it. And I hate to call myself old school because I feel like an old man sometimes when I say that. This generation of athlete has become soft. Yes. They, they, they've become needy. They've become attention hounds. The fact you, you have guys like uh, Debo Samuel today erasing and scrubbing his Instagram because he wants a new contract. Dude, be a man. Walk in the GM's office and go, bro, yeah. I am your offense. Give me a contract. You watch yep. NBA players now. Oh, I was on the banana boat with LeBron. Now I want to change teams. That's <laughs> the NDS mentality is why a lot of fans get upset. This is why I love Mike. Mike don't pull any punches. No, <laughs> I mean, no John, need. like literally the stuff that you spew it's is true. beautiful. Like it John, is. the stuff that you spew is just Honestly, 100%. Like, like Steph Curry. Steph Curry today, they asked him. It wasn't today. It was a couple of days ago. They asked him yeah. in whatever interview about – LeBron's comments wanted to play with him, and Steph was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like, oh, he said that? I'm good. Yeah. He's like, I'm good. Like, we, he was like, we got a chance to play each other twice in the All-Star game. I'm good. And you know what's yeah. funny? They, everybody made such a big deal, what, two weeks ago when Jimmy Butler got into it with Udonis and Eric Spolstra. Oh, the heat are crumbling. That's what I want to see. I want to see my team pissed off at each other because we're not oh, yeah. playing well in a game. If that would have happened to Ben Simmons, he would have took an eight-month sabbatical and been in Greece somewhere buying man. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. With a with, this, a, with a Kardashian, right? right. What's done wrong? Two of them. <laughs> two of them. Yeah. So look, Mike. Look, I, I get what you're saying on the offense thing, right? The the thing is, man, is is you know, to me, Kyrie's won a championship as a point guard, right? And I think he's more of a spark plug, right? He pushes the team better than than Ben, in my opinion, right? Um, I think Ben is an off because, you know, the guy's not a threat to score unless he's diving to the basket, right? So to me, that makes it easier to to zero in on the other guys, right? So that's why I don't want the ball in his hands. Like to me, he's he's so bad offensively that I just tell him, just dive to the bucket, dive to the bucket, dive to the bucket, and let Kyrie get assists pushing the ball to him. Just my opinion. Two things, because I think we're going to be in a little bit. We got to get into this because it was part of the tweet that I mentioned when, you know, I started this whole this whole thing, which has been great so far. But <laughs> I um I, I get where you say, like, oh, I, I don't like him as an offensive threat or whatever. But again, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to change your mind, it's just hard for me to agree with that completely because 
if you got if you have a guy that's one dimensional and everybody knows it's one dimensional, but he's still averaging 16 a game in his career. What the hell does that tell the defense or anybody else watching like, damn, you know what he's going to do? You know how he's going to do it. And he's still averaging 16. That's just weird to me. You know what I'm saying? And the other thing is, I said that he's a top 10 point guard. <laughs> Name him. Name him. What? Name Steph, him. Name, Steph Name Luca, Dame, CP3. I would put Kyrie ahead. Yes, uh, me too. Jaw, ja, Trey ja, Young, um, Darius Garland is playing. Nope, not Garland. Garland is not a top 10 point guard. No. Yes, Kyle he Lowry. is. This year, Kyle you watched Darius Garland Kyle play? Lowry. You want to know why Fleet. Kyle Lowry's not ahead of him? Fred Van Fleet. Because Kyle Lowry wasn't even the best point guard on his team when Toronto won a championship. Kyle Lowry's a punk, all right? <laughs> Kyle Lowry's not a great He'll point guard. He'll be a champion again this year. The hell he not. <laughs> but anyway, you say Garland, I disagree with that. You say Lowry, I disagree with Garland, that. Garland. That's, that's Um DeJounte Murray. I got I him on the above him. Right now, I would take him above. Uh, who else? LaMelo Ball. I would take I him above right now. List. That's nine. Um, Did we say Jaw? Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we said Jaw. Um, Drew Holiday. Mm. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Someone mm. said Kyle Lowry. Mike Conley. You're saying mm. point guard. You're saying point guard. Yeah. I'm taking all those. Yeah. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, ever since that trade, Ooh. has been turning it up. He's like 18 a game, 10 assists. I got yeah. yeah. to see more. I got to see more than just post-trade deadline. In my what about your guy Lamelo? What about your guy Lamelo? Huh? Your guy Lamelo in Chicago? Or, uh, excuse me, no, uh, no, no, Lonzo, no, he's not. Lonzo, he's sorry. not a. No, he's not a top ten point guard. Yeah. I agree with Rocket? everybody. I agreed with everybody except Garland. Yeah. I I agreed with everybody except Garland, Lowry, Fox, Fringe, uh, Holly Burton. About, I need to see more. What about Russ? <laughs> I love Russ. I love Russ. I didn't, there's a reason I didn't mention of, him. I, I'm just saying, you know I'm a Laker Russ, fan. But, yeah, but it's Russ, a bunch bro. of trash. It's a bunch of trash that he's getting trash because he's not a trash. No, it is. It is. Because you want to know is. what? You want to know? You want to know an urban legend? LeBron doesn't make players around him better. I'm so sorry. No. Because Absolutely if that's the doesn't. case, if that's the case, Chris Bosh wouldn't have had to change his game. Kevin Love would have had a better year around him. All right. Uh, and they would have made the playoffs this year. Your boy that the Heat should have never let go of. Your boy that the Heat should have never let go of in the bubble when he was playing with LeBron with the long hair, looked like a football oh, player. Oh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. He worshipped no. under LeBron. And there's no way. Jay Crowder oh. can play on every team. On every any team. team. LeBron doesn't make guys around him better, man. He, I think he, I think guys around him regress. Unless they're shooters, they're not, they're not going to get better. Yep. I'll say about this, the, the argument about top ten. Everybody that's playing right now is better than Ben Simmons. It's <laughs> <laughs> man enough to actually show up and play 82 games of the year. So and let me ask you up with a playoff. <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Do you think there's a chance, even being a small chance, that this guy let's see like it go? There's a small do you think there's a chance, even if it's a small chance, that the guy never sees the court again? Like he just can't get out of his own. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. No. I think what he needs to do. Go ahead, Rat. Go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's gonna come back. Um, I honestly, I, I really, I was huge on Ben Simmons when he got drafted. I love the guy. I went to some NBA summer league in Vegas. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. He only played in sure. like two games, and I was at both of them, and it was just seeing the way he passes a ball, and you know, I'm, I'm someone who I appreciate the pass more than like you know, a three, if that makes sense. You know, I appreciate sure. a great pass more. Um, I, I He's going to come back. Um, I just don't know if he's going to reach, you know, the full potential that he does have. 
because I think he can be a phenomenal player, but I just think he's a good player right now. You know what? You know, it just hit me. It just hit me. And it has to do with the point that John made about if he was with Miami, you know, uh, Spo and Jimmy and, and, and Udonis, they'll get on his ass. Something like that will never, in my opinion, if, if this guy has any sense of sense in him, that would never happen if he was to play in Miami because he would he would get his crap together and be like, OK, this culture stuff. All right, cool. Hope he need. And I think he needs like a a, a, a sense of veteranship around him that's going to tell him right and wrong, because as soon as Jimmy left, it's, it was like that's when all this crap kind of started, really. And yeah. maybe Jimmy yeah. held the fort down. Maybe Jimmy was an alpha. Ben can't be an alpha. And to me, uh, Embiid isn't the guy that's going to punish him, for lack of a yeah. better phrase. Yeah. So, well, listen, we're going to we're gonna get punished if we don't go to break. So we'll be right back on the Ken Gang Radio Show here on SiriusXM. We'll finish this debate when we get back. See you in a minute. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is SiriusXM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 
I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall. It's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. Take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're still talking this debate about Ben Simmons and how great he is, according to Mike McCoy, and how bad he is, according to Dirty Bird. And everybody else is in between. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, I'm ready to close my position. All right, listen. All right. Okay, I'm going to be the ju- I'm going to be the judge here. I guess well, John, you John, let John be the judge. So, you're the plaintiff, you're the defendant. Let's break it down. Let me get your let's get the closing argument. Let's get the closing argument here between Bird, Maddie, and Mike. Nothing kills me more than than wasted talent, right? And look, I'll be the first one to say it. Oh, you mean like Kyle Wright? Oh, wow. oh. Right. Messed up, man. Listen, man, we only got we only have a two hour show here, Kyle, so we got we got to be careful, man. Let's not let's not open that wound and pour salt in it yet. But uh, no, so I mean, look, waste of talent it, it kills me, right? It's why I can't stand Harden, right? Because I think he's just you know he's he's the bank security guard asleep on defense. He doesn't care. I mean, you know, if you if you add James Harden and Ben Simmons together, you probably have the greatest player of all time, right? If you put those two games together and you mesh them into one player. Well, they're both but, lefties. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the thing is, is like they're both so bad at certain things and it's an effort thing, right? And that drives me, that drives me crazy, man. I just hate seeing when guys don't care. It's the same thing like, you know, LeBron, LeBron plays hard, right? But at the same time, he does so much stuff that he doesn't get out of his own way and he like won't allow himself to be coached and he wants to be the general manager of the team and bring his boys in and everything. And he's you know worried about tequila and everything else other than winning. And that, to me, we, we mentioned the GOAT, the GOAT debate. That's the difference. Mike cared about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning games, right? Like that was all that mattered uh, to everyone and everything around him and everything that he did, right? And LeBron cares about everything else. But Honestly, I would love to see Ben get it together, right? But I got a lot of concerns seeing how he crumbled in the playoffs, how he forced his way out of Philly, how really nobody had any interest until, you know, Brooklyn's like, hey, y'all can have James Harden. <laughs> Here you go. Here's James. Oh, you're going to you're gonna give us what back with him? You're going to give me Curry, you know, Seth Curry. You're going to give me um, uh, 
forget. I think there was a center involved in there, Drummond, right? Oh, you're going to give me that back with it too? Oh, okay, great deal, right? It's because Daryl Morey loves James Harden, right? So I would love to see this kid put it together, get it right. But for the entire the entirety of his career, since he's been 15 years old, since that scouting report came out on him that nailed him to a T, he hasn't put it together. So bring it out, Ben. Let's let's see what you got, man. I think the Nets need to shut him down for the rest of the year and then give him a full off season and bring him back next year and see if they can integrate him in there. So. Oh, it was me? Matty. Or Matty? Oh, me. Oh, no, let's, let's, let's start to Matty. We'll give you, we'll give oh. you the final comments. Let's start to Matty well, and then to John. I mean, I mean, like I said, he's, I think he's a good player. I think he can be great. Uh, you know, I think that that's going to really, det- what's really going to determine that is, you know, him himself putting in the work. Um, I really am interested in seeing uh, what happens with him working with uh, Kyle Korver because Kyle Korver, one of my favorite shooters of all time. Um, but Kyle Korver yeah. is awesome. Yeah, Kyle Korver is awesome. But yeah, that's I mean, that's about it. My my last thing I'll say I I don't know does he love basketball or not. You know, if you love basketball, you're doing everything you can to be better. You're not spending your time away from the game. You know, in Milan. Hang on. Don't get me wrong. He's got a dime piece on his arm, and that's what he should have. But there, there are other things about him that I think are mentally weak. Which one of the? He was with Kendall, Kylie, whichever one of the Jenners. <laughs> Any and, one of them. Doesn't and, matter. And it was, it was reported that she messed around on him like six or seven times. And he's Ooh. begging for her back. You know Ooh. that to me shows a little bit of mental weakness. You know, if, if you love basketball, you're working on that craft twenty four seven. If you're paying me $30 million to do anything, you t- pay me $30 million to clean toilets, I'm going to be oh, the best damn toilet cleaner shining. in the history of the world. I'll spit shine the hell out of that toilet. <laughs> I just don't understand. Again, this goes back to a generational thing. You get $30 million to play basketball, and you don't want to do it? You play. I'd be in there shooting 1,000 free throws a day. 1,000 for $30 million. Some guys have that, and some guys don't. And that's going to be the difference between Ben Simmons – Potentially being one of the best. And Mike, I agree a lot of, with what you say. His skill set is really unique and can be unbelievable. But that mental side is making it where he's a guy that's wasted a year of his prime that he'll never get back. I have zero against anything that you guys are saying about him mentally. None. Okay. Because that can mess up a guy's career. And we've seen it in basketball. We've seen it in football. We've seen it all over the place. Okay. So, um, I don't want to see him not play this year if he's physically healthy, okay? If he's physically healthy, okay. If that's true, because a lot of people are thinking that he's lying about this back thing, which goes to, John, what you're saying. Like, do you look, what's going on, okay? Now, if that's the case, the Nets are at fault at this too, and just stop lying. Look, he's having some mental issues. Like, this is what's going on. And I think everybody on this panel and most people around the world will respect that way more than – I would what they're, what they're putting out yeah. there. Okay. If he's having mental issues or whatever the case is, but in my book, like you've been in the league four years, you've been an all-star three times. You've been a two time, all defensive first team, you know, guy, uh rookie team, uh, you know, a, a rookie of the year. What was it in um 2018? Uh, we've seen it. Okay. Can he get better? Honestly, I don't know how much better he can get. Okay. Because 
Um, I think this, I don't want to say this is the peak of his, of his, of his, you know, basketball, whatever, whatever um, adjective you want to use, but I'm talking about in terms of being a score offensively, I don't know if we'll ever see him develop that. I don't because, you know, you, you, at this point, a jump shot can be, can be learned. We, we saw it with Wade. We saw it with Kobe. We saw it with Mike. We saw it with Vince, a bunch of athletes, but it's so bad with him. And if he has guys around him, I don't even think it's going to matter, to be honest with you. But um, skill-wise, I I agree with uh, Matt. I I tend to side with Maddie's um, basketball opinion way more than Ryan's. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, Damn, bro. Guys, I I can see Maddie's. I can can see how Maddie's making an argument for those guys in the top ten. I don't don't agree with all of them. For me, Ben, I can't name ten guys. Like, I won't take ten guys ahead of Ben Simmons at the position. And so, and then the other part is I just don't see the Nets offense running better with Kyrie having dual responsibilities, all right? Maybe in in spots, cool, but that's my stance. Mike, can I ask you something real quick? Please. Did you see the J.J. Redick thing of him saying like that uh, Ben Simmons is really right-handed, he's not left-handed? That's crazy. No, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, he, he basically said in his podcast, like, you can tell by the way he's shooting with the ball that he, he should be shooting right-handed because it was, it was been said, I don't know who said it, but he grew up like using his right hand and then his dad, like his dad made him switch to his left. Well, then, you know, who needs to take, you know, who he needs to take lessons from Uh, my bulls center that we just picked up that switched free throw hands in the middle of like the finals. Uh, What's his name? No. Uh, The tough guy that was with the Cavs. I'm drawing a blank right now. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson switched hands. He was shooting free throws right-handed, and now he shoots them left-handed, right? I think so. Yeah, we saw that like in the middle of like the season or the finals a couple of years ago when they went when they lost to Golden State or beat Golden State. It was like it was, and now he's making them. So maybe he needs to talk to him. I don't know, but I think also what Ben needs, he needs a a, a, a leader around him, a Jimmy Butler, somebody yeah. that's not going to take any BS the our way or the highway. And you need to stop being a punk. You need to stop being a, a, a next-gen kid, how, how John likes to refer to it. And unfortunately, he doesn't have that in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, I mean, Kevin Durant's an alpha basketball player, but he's not an alpha <laughs> locker room guy. No Kyrie way. Irving sure the hell isn't an alpha guy. And the rest of the team, you're just role players. Yep. So, you know, and you've got a young coach there, and just they don't have that. No, nope, they don't. Philly could have been a good spot for him, and he just didn't want to be there. I'll tell you, that fan base, you want to talk about unrelenting? Holy cow. I don't <laughs> really know. Bro. Didn't they boo Santa Claus one year? Like the Philly Eagles fans? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised, man. When they played the Vikings in the – oh, my goodness. It must have been the NFC Championship game a few years back because they beat us. They beat, if I say us, the Falcons. Uh, And they were throwing full beer cans at opposing fans walking in. Like literally, full beer cans. Chucking them at each Philly fans are nuts. There, there's very few places I was ever pet, not I don't want to say petrified, but I was definitely on my P's and Q's when we played in Philly because they would throw crap out of the crowd down at people that were wearing opposing stuff. They did not like Ben Simmons. I got buddies that do radio up there, and uh, Ben was not very well liked, and I don't think mentally he took too well to that. Wow. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah, those Philly fans are relentless, man. There's all kinds of videos of, like, Eagles games and – Opposing fans walking in and out, man. I mean, they have they a jail are, underneath. They literally have a jail underneath their uh, their their stadium. They will lock your ass up right there and put you in jail. Wow, yeah, they're crazy, I didn't man. Know that. <laughs> it's insane. 
Well, I, I know we got the, you know, we kind of got the debate settled. I don't know who won, who lost. You know, again, I had debate class when I was in we high school. We all won. I didn't, yeah, I didn't pay attention to it. All I know is the Heat are two games up in the East. You know, Ooh, that's nice. really all that matters. The Lakers, sorry, Maddie, they're kind of eliminated from the playoffs. Um, there you go. John, Johnny's rocking that. You know, he's rocking that 305, that Heat, <laughs> I got tattoo. The heat tattoo right here. Talk to me <laughs> so, when they win another chip. Would yeah. you guys would you guys would you guys be surprised if you lose to the Nets? Assuming the Nets get that last spot. Would you now I'm not asking you if you are, yeah. I'm saying would you be surprised if the Nets beat the Heat? No. Yes. Let, let me start this one here because we got about six minutes. I don't want to play the Nets in the first round. I don't. I think that's you're you're gonna get Kyrie and you're gonna get KD literally coming for your throat. I would rather not. If anything, drop me to the two seed. <laughs> Let me go and play Cleveland and <laughs> the seven. I would rather have that matchup than playing the Nets what, in the first round. What I'm just saying. Looks, what it looks like is going to happen, and I, and I have to study way too much because the Hawks are right there in that mix, <laughs> and we got to talk about them every morning. If Brooklyn wins out, and they've got, if I, if I remember correctly, two fairly easy games. Yeah. Uh, the Hawks have the Heat on Friday night, and then they play Houston. But it would be Cleveland or Brooklyn in that 7-8 game, and then Hawks and Charlotte in the 9-10 game. What would happen there? Brooklyn blows out Cleveland. They go to the seventh seed. And then they would play Milwaukee, Boston, whatever. Yeah. Let them have that. Correct. Let the deal with either Cleveland or Charlotte or Atlanta. Atlanta, I'm going to be honest. That would be a tough cool. matchup. Just because Trey could get on a heater, he would give the Heat some problems. But the Heat will still win the series. Too much defense, too much talent, too much scoring. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, though, no. I want no parts of Brooklyn. <laughs> that gives me flashbacks to 1999 when the Heat were the one seed and the Knicks yep. got damn Patrick Ewing back for the playoffs. And beat yep. them in a, in a best of five. Yeah. No, give me the worst team I could get at number eight. Correct. Well, I watched that whole Nets Knicks game, and Nets were getting whooped by the Knicks by by the Knicks, and they just turned it on, man. Just between you know, they just got hot, man. But you know, the thing about that team, I mean, I still think I don't want any part of the Nets in that series, but I still think the Heat win that series, um, just because Brooklyn plays literally zero defense. And I think it's starting to show through that that Steve Nash isn't really an effective an effective coach. <laughs> so what you know, Joe Harris is he even playing this year? He's out for the season. Yeah, That's, he's out for the season. Yeah, that guy's a microwave though, too, man. That's yeah. you know, he's he's. But what's crazy is, is even as good as like the the East is, you look at the West, and I'm watching the Phoenix game last night getting blown out by the Clippers. You know, early on, they were down by like 34, 36 points at one point. It's crazy. Like, the NBA, I don't know what they ended up losing by because I turned it off after like they were down 36. <laughs> but it's just crazy how like you're talking about professional basketball players and you're losing by 36 to 40 points. Like. Jeez. Just never I mean, they know. sat. They sat like almost everybody, and they ended up losing yeah. by like three, I think, or four. Oh, they three. came back! Wow. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They lost by like three points because they were yeah, down like know. thirty-four in the third, and I'm like, oh, I'm shutting this off because like, yeah, yeah, it should have been like a mercy rule kind of thing, running clock. But <laughs> yeah, they ended up coming back. They lost by possession. I'm gonna yeah. tell you, the Eastern Conference playoffs, top to bottom, are going to be phenomenal. Oh, except, yeah. for, except for whoever my Bulls are playing. God damn it. Ball's not coming back, okay? Right. Levine, I'm sitting Levine, all right, because something's really wrong with his knee, all right? Mm -hmm. And to be completely honest with you, as a Bulls fan, pre-aggravating his knee this season, I'm trading him. I'm trading mm -hmm. him because he has what I like to call Vince Carter syndrome, all right? Okay. How guys enter the league known as athletes, and they want to prove people that they can shoot. They get better at a jump shot, but then that's all they rely on, and they forget that they can beat anybody off the dribble. Zach Levine does that way too much. He'll shoot seven 
he'll shoot seven three-pointers in a game and make one of them. So That's uh, a good analogy. I, I hate it. I hate it. I love him as a player, but I hate that about him. I mean, good my balls are ahead of schedule anyway, so yeah, uh, we'll see. They had a great year. They had a great. They couldn't beat any of the top teams, but they had they had a great year overall, man. I mean, I, I called them being a four five. Yeah, I called them being a four five seed at the beginning of the season. So when they were in the one seed, I was just like, "Holy crap!" But obviously, that didn't you know that didn't stay that way. <laughs> yeah, that's Miami seed, baby. <laughs> I think anybody one through four can win the title. Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, or Miami. And I'm not just talking about the East. They can win the whole damn thing. Uh, Miami's going to have their work cut out for them. Normally, as a one seed, you know you're going to coast in the first round and probably have a very – not an easy series in the second round, but in that 1-4 matchup, you're going to be the favorite. They have to play Philly in a seven-game series. you got to deal with Joel Embiid. Whew. Yeah. I want no part of Embiid in the playoffs either, man. As much as we talk just to the Philly fan. I don't worry about it. Who's your guys' MVP? Who's your guys' MVP? And Max Strauss. <laughs> Max. Hey, uh, say 15 and 2 since Max is in the starting lineup. Either Embiid or the Joker. Nicola Jokic. Yeah. Uh, I like Embiid. So ridiculous. Yeah. I, I know him. we don't get to watch him a lot, and I know Markeith Morris and Marcus probably want a piece of him. Uh, but dude, that dude is skilled. Matt is probably watching more. Chubby Serbian guy. Matt, you, you watch a lot of the dude. Western team, right? Oh, I watch a lot of the Western, but I gotta be honest, I haven't watched that much NBA, you know, as Laker fan. Uh, you know, haven't really watched as many games. It's been hard. No, in the games, it's so funny because the games I have watched, they win like by like eight, nine, you know, so it's, I, I don't well, know. Then you need Apparently, to watch like, more games, Maddie. It's your fault. Well, and then I turn one on and they're down by like 30 and I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> turn that one off. Um, but no, um, yeah, I would say Jokic, man. He's, he's so talented, honestly. Um, I talk a lot to, you know, Davon Reed, former Miami Hurricane. Yeah. Sure. Uh, basketball player. He's on the Nuggets right now, and I, I've I, I've had a couple uh, conversations with him about like Jokic's work ethic and just how he is in practice and everything. It's it's crazy because he was a guy that like it kind of remind, reminded me of Shaq. You know, he would use the regular season to kind of get in shape, mm-hmm. and then do you remember <laughs> that conversation? But it was like between him and Kobe, like he would use it, you know, to get into shape. I kind of got that kind of feel from Jokic, but I think he's kind of turned it around in that regards. But he's he's so talented, man. Honestly. Yeah. He's can one of my imagine, favorite players to watch. Can you imagine if guys like him and 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 Luca kind of took conditioning a little bit more seriously and like thinned out a little bit and became a little bit more athletic? That'd be scary. Yeah. Well, no check doubt. this. We're gonna go to a quick break and we come back. We got a special guest joining us, so stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Ken Gang Radio Show. Give us a few seconds and uh, we'll dial us back in. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It does, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailo. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? 
Tua nigga Manuela Pula? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuela Pula. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuela Pula. Tonga Vailoa. Tua nigga Manuela Pula. Tonga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, so we're back here in the Kane Gang Radio Show. It's the second hour. We're getting ready to... Uh, you know, bring in a special guest if, if we can get it locked in. Maddie, you're more than welcome to stay on. Mike, you're more than welcome to stay on. Uh, let me see if I can bring him in, and uh, we'll see if it's good. All right. Yo, Evan, is there? Yes, sir. How are we doing? Great, great. So, listen, for everybody that's tuning into the Kango, this is my boy, number 83, Evidence Njoku, former University of Miami Hurricane, former UCLA guy, and future WWE superstar. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Thank you, fellas. What's up, What's up, Dad? Nice. How we doing, bro? How we doing? Good, man? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm solid, bro. I'm solid. Maneuvering. What about yourself? Uh, we're all good, man. Obviously, you know, we, uh, we're just chopping it up. Um, the first hour we were talking about uh, NBA, we kind of had a debate about the uh, ben, Sim- ben Simmons and some different things in the NBA. So now we're getting ready to talk some Canes. And obviously, I definitely appreciate you jumping on the show with us. I know you're busy. But first and foremost, man, how are you doing? How's your brother doing? How's the family doing? Man, bro. I mean, number one, thank you for even thinking about me, Derek. You know what I mean? Like, you always got to special place in my heart and everything but um everyone's cool bro i was just with david we were in uh frisco texas and dallas my oldest brother innocent who was a doctor he he also came with me uh charles the only one out of the out of the boys he wasn't there but i mean the rest of my sisters were all good bro we're all just trying to you know stay above water and trying to work hard and hustle to get to uh, to where we you know need to get to you know, what's, what's crazy is, you know, I met you back in 2016, right after the uh, Russell Athletic Bowl when Miami played West Virginia. Um, you know, and here it is, you just, you know, uh, you, I met you outside and, you know, I'm looking at you like, yeah, this is a big dude who's going to come in, get a lot of a lot of burns and jump balls. And it really never transpired. Do you mind talking to me a little bit about you know, your time at the University of Miami and, you know, a little bit about, you know, why you never got the playing time that you think you deserve? You know what? Um, you know, in terms of, you know, my experience and time at the U, 
you know, me, uh, even like if you want to bring up, you know, 2016, 2017, my freshman year or my, my high school year, I used to always hear all these like notions about people and all these cane grades coming back and saying, you know, these people in this locker room, they're going to be your brothers forever. Or, you know, there's there's no place like the U. It's a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood. And I, I didn't really know what to, I didn't know what to expect until I got down there physically. And man, like my three years at the U, um, it changed my life. You know, it, it put me into a different perspective in terms of football and how how serious it's taken down south. And uh, it's really given me relationships and, you know, brotherhoods that, you know, I, I really do believe last a, lot, uh, a lifetime. You know, for example, like one of my best friends, you know, and former teammates, Amon Richards, I was just talking to him like yesterday. And, you know, me and him, every time I see him, it's like it doesn't matter if it's a year, the six months or two days. Like I'm always going to see him and goof around with him just like, you know, we were in the, in the locker room. You know what I mean? Just getting ready for the next 6 a.m. run looking at him praying that we both make it out of it alive somehow and like that competitive nature that like resides in green tree like i've adapted and you know identified to be my kind of mindset you know and it's it's you know when as as uh as far as it goes you know in terms of how the great ones are made on green tree and what like what it took mentally to get there it's it's really it's very much you know very well well true <clears throat> uh, in terms of me and my uh, circumstances of why I didn't see playing time, there were uh, there were a few. Obviously, you know, football is a team sport, so there's only really a certain kind of parameter that's within your control. But from 2016 to 2022 now, I grew like three and a half to four inches. So, you know, you know, mind you, I'm a freshman kid. I'm 18, 17, and, you know, I'm, I'm getting thrown into this real world of, like, training and, how strict the regimen is and all that we need to do from the day-to-day aspect of being a D1 college football player. And I, I, I personally don't think my body was physically ready for all that because, you know, I was in this like a uh, period of growth because, you know, I was getting taller and the kind of Olympic lifts that I was doing, I wasn't really ready for. So I had my fair share of injuries throughout the, you know, throughout my years and time, but I wouldn't take anything for, you know, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything for the world for my experiences at the U. So. What was your relationship like? I, I know a bunch of guys that live in Atlanta. I know a bunch of guys who played with Coach Rick, and they and they all just they, they they talk in glowing terms about what Coach Rick meant, not just as a football coach, but as a mentor and kind of a life coach. What was your relationship like with Coach Rick, and do you still talk to him now, now that you're no longer playing and he's gone away from coaching? Yeah, I mean, yo, dude, Coach Rick is one of. Uh, I mean, I've had like five coaches in my in my college football tenure. And I don't think that I've ever met anybody as real and as uh, hospitable as Coach Rick in terms of, like, the kind of psychology that he wants to be, like, transmitted in the locker room and on the field and, you know, what it really takes to earn the, the respect for the locker room. So, I mean, if there's ever a time when you know, I could reach out to him and just thank him for, number one, believing me as a, as a young man, as a young aspiring man in this country, number one. And number two, as an athlete, you know, just the, the fact that he believed in me and believed in the kind of legacy that, you know, my brother left for me at the time, you know, it really meant a lot for me because, you know, like as a football player, we we really don't have that confidence in ourselves until a coach sits us down and looks at us in the eye and says, you know what, I see greatness in you. And I, I think you can be great if you want to be and if you want to put in that work. So, you know, I think after this after this this interview, I'm, I'm going to reach out to him on Twitter just to try to reconnect and just thank him and just, you know, wish him nothing but the best. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're over here listening to the Kang Gang Radio Show. We got Evidence and Joku joining us. And, uh, 
you know, again, obviously, evidence. You and I built a great relationship from your freshman year till. I, I remember sitting outside uh, outside of the gate after one of the last games, and you were telling me like. I think I'm done. I, I think I got to go, you know, and, you know, being able to have that relationship, you know, as a fan to a, to a player, that means a lot to me, right? Obviously I try to be a positive, you know, fan. I don't try to be one of those guys who want to bash the team or bash the kids. Cause I don't feel like that's my job as a fan. I'm not saying that we don't get upset when we lose or when things aren't going well, but you know, I feel like if you're a positive person, things come back to your, you know, full fold, you know, you left Miami and then you went, you went out to UCLA. How was it like going from obviously the East Coast out to the West Coast? And what was the difference between Miami and UCLA? You know, uh, once again, you know, Derek, I want to thank you because you were an extremely positive person and you were a light in my life. And back to what you noted on in terms of how, uh, you know, uh, you know, fans do get upset or mad about losing, you know, as an athlete and as a player who is trying to, you know, represent the university in the best way possible, you know, for us to be at these uh, ages of, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old kids or whatever. And for us to like, you know, be the reason why we do lose or like contribute to that or not feel like you're producing enough. Like, you know, we take it, uh, we take it very, very serious, not only as a team aspect, but we take it personally. And, you know, throughout the years, you have always, like you were always consistent with your approach with me and how, you know, you just saw me as a person before anything else would, uh, you know, I'm never going to take that for granted. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe my brother, David, has that same kind of perspective on you as well. So I appreciate that. But, um, you know, my transition from the University of Miami to UCLA was definitely a transition. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a Jersey native. I was born and raised in Jersey. Four of my siblings were born in Nigeria. And, um, you know, me coming down to the University of Miami was an eye opener in the sense of just how different, you know, football is from up north to down south and how much like differences do translate with the people that you're around and the locker room aura and the on the field that, you know, activity that you got to be going through every day to day. And, um, you know, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take that experience for granted for, for, you know, for anything, but me going to UCLA and being a South Florida native for three years and becoming a, a Southern California native was definitely a transition in terms of just how different the locker room ordeals were and just the kind of overall culture and, aspect of how a UCLA football player versus a University of Miami football player uh, carries themselves respectfully. Back to what I said before, you know, UCLA and University of Miami and, you know, pretty much every university that's out there, they're all, you know, world, world class universities. And it was a blessing to be a part of both. But there were definitely extremely, you know, different aspects of it that, you know, you only have to be there physically. And, uh, you know, mentally just to, to be aware of it and know how to adapt and, you know, move accordingly. So that's crazy. Go ahead, Mike. What's up, Evans, man? Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, we appreciate you as, you know, fans. And even if you're not, you know, alumni, whatever the case is, the way you carried yourself and still do, because once a cane, always a cane in my book. So appreciate everything you did here. Um, I got two questions. For, no problem, man. I got two questions for you, if you don't mind. Because you yes, said sir. you grew and you were already like, inhumanely uh, a large person when you got on campus so what is your height and weight right now yeah so um uh i'm six seven and a half 230 pounds and uh i think i'm still growing because i still feel it in my knees but my freshman year i got there at like six three and like i had the long limbs i had the long legs so i think that everybody could attest that you know i was gonna grow into my body which i did but i really do 
think that you know the growing isn't isn't done yet. But yeah, that's uh, I'm six, seven and a half now. So. That's that's scary, and that's just crazy to think. Number one, um, thanks for sharing that. And the other part is because a lot of us heard stories and maybe read articles of how um actually no because david actually confirmed this that he wasn't the best athlete of all the brothers so who is the best athlete you know what we can have chief come on this radio show mike bring him on you know if, if that's what he wants to say then i got a i got a can of whoop ass for him because i do think that i'm the best raw raw athlete i mean you know he has me on numbers and you know he's proven himself to be the chief but in terms of just raw measurables like Height, weight, 40, vertical, broad, you know, I think that I do have him and Charles. But in terms of the best football player, like the raw, the best raw football player, I got to give it up to Charles because uh, when I was at UCLA, I don't think I have ever seen with my own two eyes someone as big as Charles, 6'5", running the kind of routes that he ran with such ease and body control. Like, so David, I mean, David's going to talk. Like, Chief, like, he likes to talk. That's fine. <laughs> But I'm not going to say that I'm the best football player. I think that I'm the best athlete out of all three of us. But Charles has definitely the most potential out of, you know, all three of us for sure. That is interesting. And I would love to hear. That's awesome to hear. And I would love to hear that conversation if you guys ever had it on the show, man. man let's you do know, it. You know, we, we evidence, you know what? I, listen, <laughs> I, listen, you get your brother, you know, if you guys confirm it, just shoot me a message and we'll, we'll, we'll set it up, bro. Because we can definitely it. have that debate. Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs> So, so evidence, talk to me about what's going on now. I mean, you know, obviously I follow you on IG and stuff like that. And you kind of took a little hiatus for a while. I didn't see you posting a lot of stuff. And the next thing I know, I see you getting involved with the WWE. Yeah, bro. Um, you know, okay. Well back to, you know, the hiatus that, you know, I did go through. I kind of wanted to take a break from social media. Yeah. I kind of want to take a break from like everything just to kind of like reconnect with my roots and the essence of like, who I am and who my family is and just, uh, you know, where we really come from. So that transpired after me going to Nigeria. We went there for about two weeks and we went there for about two and a half weeks last year. Uh, we um, last year we started this like uh, international like uh, food giveaway. And um, my older brother, he endorsed uh, a borehole being built for tribe, well, my tribe, the Evo tribe back in West Africa. So like this past three months, I went there and just to take a break from all the chaos that's around us here. And, you know, when I was there, it really kind of changed my life and put things into a lot of perspective and made me realize that how blessed we are individually just to be in this country and right. all the opportunities that come and how, you know, theoretically we too can't take things for granted because there's just so much stimulus around us 24 seven. So me coming back to the States, I realized that, you know, and well, number one, me going to Nigeria and just, feeling that like presence of just togetherness and seeing people that you know were extremely less fortunate than us like walking around barefoot over you know literally fighting for their life daily and how they just presented themselves with just open arms and they just you know welcome me and my family back to the tribe with like you know just love and um when i came back i was just you know really conflicted about my next move and everything and where i evidence personally wanted to do regardless of what i felt like everybody else wanted me to do and then you know the wwe reached out to me i have two you know really really great recruiters brad um and uh, christian hauser and i talked to them briefly I talked to my family and i mean i took that leap of faith and just said you know what let me just like let's see and i try to create this kind of 
this kind of image or persona leading up to it in a creative sense. And it was, I think it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. So, so ev evidence, I've always wondered this, right? When you're in the process that you're in right now, I mean, do you get to kind of choose your own kind of name and theme and image behind this? Or do you, is there marketing people that are behind that are kind of working with you to create, you know, kind of this image and, you know, who you're going to be in the WWE? Yes, sir. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I have, I have, you know, my team working on, you know, specifications about that. But one thing that stood out to me the most about like a prestigious, you know, organization like the WWE and the kind of, people that you know are within it is that they are extremely uh flexible in this approach and you know like they're they're giving us you know the talent and like a like a like a creative sense slash chance to you know come with them how we want to be presented mm -hmm. and the rock, before the rock the rock he was three or two different other characters leading up to that so you know like i'm gonna have fun with it but at the same time i'm gonna you know remain coachable as hell and I'm going to be yeah. moldable to any kind of approach that they want me to take. And, you know, the sky's the limit if we could just all stay on the same page while still having fun. Because, you know, in my opinion, like the the aspect of creation is the best part of anything. You know what I mean? So for me to sure. kind of have a have a voice in my own respect or my, my own, you know, my own individual, you know, thing that I'm trying to put out there. It's like a dream come true, honestly. That's awesome. Man. So I, I've heard and I, I've been around the WWE some and AEW and whatnot, but I've heard those ropes hurt like hell when you bounce Dude. into it. What was, what was it like the first time getting in the ring? Look, look, dog, I mean, we had a three day tryout. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I can carry my own weight. I know what it feels like to go against the Joe Jacksons, the Greg Rousseau's. You know, in terms of the rope hitting me or hurting, it does, it's heavy, but it's bouncy. So it catches you by surprise, but that rope is not a six tech. It's not Shaq Quarterman. It's not Mike Pinkney. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not Patrick. It's not even. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not Al yeah. Blaze. It's coming down full speed. So it's it's you know it's, it's gonna it's differences, but at the same time, you know, really being in them trenches and like fighting for your life every play. So were, were you a wrestling fan growing up? Did you have a guy like the, all of us? I mean, the rocks, my guy, stone cold was my guy, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, you name it. Um, I watched wrestling from the, from the mid eighties on. Me too. Did you have a guy? You know what, bro? It's kind of crazy. Cause like, you know, when I was in my village this past month, like I did talk to a lot of my uncles and they were telling me about how growing up my favorite wrestler was John Cena. And how I used to act like him and how you say everyone used to call me in the village when we used to come back, like, after summers and, like, when I was a kid, like, they used to call me John Cena. And, um, you know, it was just, yeah, I mean, and Triple H as well, too. Like, you can't take it. You can't take yeah. it. So, <clears throat> and he was my coach. So it was just kind of, it was just wild, bro. It was just felt like I was dreaming. You know, Do I've you been watching wrestling. I've been watching wrestling a long, long time. My stepdad used to take me in the early 80s and we used to go watch, like, the Rock and Roll Express and – the Kerry Von Erics and the Dusty Rhodes and Blackjack Mulligan and Barry Windham and you're like, yeah, bro. I'm just saying though, but 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 John, you're at the same age with me, right? So like growing up, like that was you know Saturday mornings and then watching it on TBS, like you know that was the old WCW, like there was nothing like the Road Warriors, like there was nothing like those characters that you know that made you feel like you were just you know emotionally emotionally attached to certain characters, you know, watching wrestling and. You know, all I know is if you do make it, I'm telling you, bro, the first show that you come on, you got to let me know because I'm going to come out there. I don't care where it's at. I'm going to fly out there. Hell yeah, G. 
Yeah, yeah, no, one last question, evidence man. Is there? I mean, we all know that Dwayne the Rock Johnson, what his journey was, where he came from, the you, and what he is now. You ever had a chance to kind of speak out to him to get some some wrestling advice, professional wrestling advice? Yes, sir. Well, you know, I was gifted the opportunity to meet somebody as you know renowned and like you know esteemed as like the Rock. But I remember in one of my workouts with like one of my really good mentors and former coaches, David Feely, he did invite somebody uh, to a workout and that person was the big show. And at that time, like I yeah. wasn't the, the, as a superstar rather than, you know, I was just thinking about how can I get through this lift to survive? Like, <laughs> so, you know, I, the only person that I met was the big show. But if I ever have the God given opportunity to meet somebody like Dwayne Johnson, I'll for sure pick his brand about his, uh, his own, uh, his own history on the football field and how I could, you know, be the, the best superstar I could be and, you know, how he could, you know, respectfully coach me up and everything, how I could be open to everything. So we'll see. We're rooting for you, man. Rooting for you hard, bro. John, do you have another question? So evidence, obviously, what what is the next goal? Obviously that you're going out to Orlando, right? You're going to go to Orlando to the training, to the training camp up in Orlando. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, So, uh, yeah, late, late uh, June, July. I'm going to be reporting down there. Yes, sir. And then, and after training, like, what what is the thing there? I mean, obviously, they sign you to a contract, and then you do, like, do you do small shows, or how, how does the whole process work? Well, the process is kind of different than how you know, it works in the NFL. Um, you know, it's still being talked up with my team, so I'm just going to let them, you know, yeah. do that. But in terms of me just being ready physically and mentally, I'm going to be training full-time. I think they want me to gain like 20 more pounds 15 more pounds so i'm just going to make sure that i'm doing my own due diligence and like trying to just get myself to the kind of capacity that i would need to get to physically and letting out you know god take the rest just trying to control what i can control so well if you're in orlando in june and july you know obviously i go to disney all the time so if you're down there well if you're down in orlando i'm gonna have to link up with you when i ride up to disney man we just go to dinner or whatever link up (laughs) so if you want you know the last day of uh, us being in Frisco, they let my family come. They let David Innocent come and watch the tryout, and, you know, they were part of it. So if that's the case, and you'll be the first person I hit up. You got my word, Derek. Bet that up, man. So listen, I, know I don't want to take too much more of your time, man. I definitely appreciate you jumping on the show with us. I know you're probably out and about, you know, doing things. So listen, man, we'll chop it up. You know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll text back and forth, and uh, but I'm going to let you go, man. I, I definitely appreciate you hopping on for us here on yes, the King show, bro. Yes, sir. Thank Came you so much, life. Evidence. Thank you guys Thanks, so man. much, man. Really appreciate, appreciate it, evidence. Yes, I know. Sir, I'll hit you up a little bit. Perfecto. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Later, buddy. Bro. Dude, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, and I, 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 I always I brag. I'm lucky to do what I do for work. I always have wanted to work in wrestling. Always. Really? Wow. Diamond really? Dallas Page is a pretty good friend of mine. He, he lives here in Atlanta. He's got a yoga DDP. Uh, DDP yoga. Well, one of the, and I used to go to his studio all the Ooh. time and, one of his trainers was Stevie Richards, if you remember back yeah. in the old WCW. He was one of the yoga instructors in there. So I got to be pretty cool with DDP and, and uh, Stevie Richards. But I've always wanted to be a – not a wrestler because I'm fat and I'm old now. Um, but even a I'd commentator. Love be, I'd love to be Paul Heyman. Oh, I want to be the mic guy. I want to be a hype guy. Come oh, down my gosh. Here I come to the top room. Brock oh. Lesnar can stand over to the side. I'll be his hype man. Yeah, man. Brock's going to kick your ass. John Cena, <laughs> what do you say about that? Bro, you know listen. What, John, that fits you. That, Definitely. That, 
fits you, dude. I could see you doing that without a problem. Wow. My wife would not be happy because WWE stars travel like nonstop. 200, 290 or 300 days a year. What? They're on the road. Oh, yeah. That's why if you yeah. ever go back and watch, fascinating, it's completely off topic, but a fascinating documentary. I think it's called The Rise and Fall of the WCW. Okay. And it talks about back from the 70s and 60s when they were territory to when Ted Turner bought them and yeah. WCW and why Hall and Nash and Hogan all left the WWE to go there. They were given guaranteed contracts back when Vince McMahon was not given guaranteed contracts. Vince's guys were working literally 300 days a year. And I'm talking about a house show or Monday Night Raw, a house show on Tuesday, a house show on Wednesday, something on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They they were having like one day off a week. Ted Turner had them working about 150 days a year and And was paying them way more money than Vince was. So, you know, I think Vince, when all that happened, realized I got to scale back to some of these guys. And that's why you see him now. He'll pay a Brock Lesnar to do 50 appearances a year. He'll pay a Goldberg to do 50 because he realizes these guys, they just cannot keep that pace up and continue to be good. And that's why, unfortunately, with a lot of these wrestlers, you saw them addicted to painkillers. They ended up being drunks, you know, because and you'll even in this documentary, you'll see where Flair uh, or, you know, they're talking about, hey, we ended up we'd have to wrestle somewhere get in a car and drive eight hours. Wow, we'd man. get to wherever we got, because this was back before private jets and all yeah. that. We'd get somewhere else and have to go for, wrestle at some VFW hall to make 150 <laughs> bucks. Like, it's amazing Crazy. to read and so, watch about that business. So, John, so who is your all-time favorite wrestler? Oh, it's The Rock. It's not even Oh, close. I can't. See, like, yeah. I, I am a Sting guy. Okay. Like, Sting, and, and I, I want to say, I love The Ultimate Warrior. Like, people like that, but like, when Sting went black and white, when he oh, transcended, awesome. bro, like there was just something about him co- repelling down, you know, changing. Like I was a Sting guy through. I mean, listen, I love the Macho Man. I love Jimmy Superfly Snooker, the Iron Sheik. I'm a Hulk guy, man. I You're cried when he turned into a bad guy, bro. I, <laughs> like, I cried. I was the like, NWL? What? Like, <laughs> NWL, yeah. yeah I'm like, what okay, are you so doing, man? If you're, a Hulk, Mike, if you're a Hulk guy, what, what, <laughs> Give me, give me, give me his other name that he was in a movie. I'm not gonna name the movie. Give me. Oh, his, um. Uh, come on, no, give me his no, name. No, the name of the movie was No Holds Barred, right? Nope, not even. Nope. There was that one too. The one that with the one too. Thunder the one Lips. With, the one with the one with uh, Debo from from Friday, right? No, you no. Know, but no the movie I'm talking about is Rocky when he was Thunder Lips. Oh, I didn't. I never watched it. You never Rocky watched Rocky. Three. Rocky, yeah, Rocky three. Three. This was at the, this was right before <laughs> WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania. Thunderlips. Yeah, he was Thunderlips. He fought uh, Rocky in a, a exhibition. Yeah, and he threw Rocky that. out of the ring. I remember he was that. Thunderlips. He was like going crazy. Threw him out of the. Yeah, I remember that. So that movie, No Holds Barred. That yeah. I was. That's a great movie. I don't care what people. I love to. I could watch that. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna watch it on my Fire Stick after this. Please, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys Shout out, out there. Fire Stick G. Yeah, you know, but what's funny, John, is like you talk about like the painkillers and stuff and look what it's done. Like, look at Lex Luger, like look at guys who just OD'd or, you know, who died, you know, because of that stuff. Macho, to the great Scott Hall. Scott Hall, like, look, like Lex Luger, like he was just, I've never seen, you know, uh, Billy Jack Haynes and like just Billy Graham. This guy's story of what happened to Lex Luger, because I had Lex in studio. 10 years ago, 12 years. He lives in Atlanta is where he's, he used to. Yeah. He comes in studio now. Lex Luger is like 175, 65? Pounds. Yeah. He's like 175 pounds now. What? He's a thick thing. 
Correct. So here's what happened to Lex, and he told us this on the air. He used to take so many painkillers. This true story, and this is his words, not mine. He said he would take so many painkillers and mix them with alcohol, he'd wake up a lot of times in hotel rooms, and he would have to look at the phone book to find out what city he was in because he had oh no idea where he was. God. You know, he was paralyzed from sleeping wrong. He fell asleep high on painkillers and drinking. Again, Lex Luger's words, not mine. And he said he woke up and he couldn't move. And I guess he had slept funny and it ended up partially paralyzing him. Like wow. if you see Lex Luger now, you, would, you wouldn't even recognize him. He, he, he kind of walks with a little bit of a limp. Again, he weighs maybe 175 pounds. All the muscles are gone that he had when he was a total package back then. But, oh, yeah, he told us he was like, dude, he was like, I literally would be so jacked up on stuff. He goes, when I would wake up the next day, I'd open up the phone book to find out what city we were in. Man, John, I got a question. How, how these guys aren't football players, so they're not tackling each other, whatever. Obviously, they lift because they need to be looking bulk to wrestle, but I don't get why they took painkillers. What were they taking painkillers for? That, that people Wrestling is scripted. It's right. not fake. That ring is hard as hell. It is plywood, and and then they've got a little bit of cushion on top yeah. of it. You talk about taking bumps. Going yeah. back to what we were just talking about, wrestling three hundred days a year, your body oh, never man. has a chance to heal. And Mike, have you ever watched when they like when they're getting flipped and landed on their back? They always try to land with their feet first, you know, or right. their back shoulders. You know, they don't ever want to land on their lower back. They mm-hmm. land on their feet, their shoulders. They always kind of keep their back elevated. Um, man, let me tell you though, but wrestling, like you know, again. You know, you can look at like the junkyard dog and Jake, oh, yeah. like the characters Coco Beware, like the characters that they had back then were yeah. phenomenal. And I don't yeah. know how we just completely got off track, but because I don't evidence, mind talking. Because yeah, evidence was talking about being a WWE wrestler. And let me tell you, like I'm happy for that kid because yeah. like, he share, he definitely shares stuff with me um, over the years about certain things. Obviously, I don't air stuff out, and you know, because I feel like that's a personal thing that he told me. Um, I was one of the first person he told that he was leaving to go to UCLA. He's just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, bro, I'm like, you got to do what's best for you. If you're not going to get the opportunity, by all means. And then his younger brother, Cece, which is Charles, he was already going to go out to UCLA anyway. So it made it to where, you know, he had his brother out there. Um, But, man, I'm going to try to – I'm going to really try – I'm going to hit him up and try to link that up and have uh, David and him on the show bro that would that's, be that's got to be awesome man because you know he's going to come out with stories from when they were oh you remember when i was little or something something, something. oh yeah oh the sibling rivalry is going to oh, shine yeah. through man yeah. and, the, and the competitive nature and all we got to do is just sit there and and just throw it out and like yeah just, oh, yeah. just instigate just instigate what happened the last time you two played basketball against each yeah. other you know <laughs> oh man he's fouling me <laughs> you know i i know harry douglas really well up here yeah. him and his brother yeah. go back go at it him and tony they they'll always talk about who's the best athlete and, and who could do this, that, and the other. And I, I'm I'm happy for David because he got a big contract and he ran Austin Hooper's candy ass out of there. Yeah. I'm not an Austin Hooper fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I was a couple years ago because he was he actually got me some good points on fantasy. You yeah, know, we played with Matt Ryan. We played with a Hall of Fame quarterback. He got it done. I just I, I don't mess with Austin Hooper. What are you guys doing in the draft, John? Uh, I don't know. I have no clue. Uh, there. Literally, the Falcons, you could put any person in the hat and pull them out, and they're fine. What are you doing for QB? Uh, I don't think they'll draft one this year. I don't think they'll draft uh, Kenny Pickett or, or Malik Willis. I don't think. Honestly, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. That, so that by, getting rid of Matt, by getting rid of Matt going to, to Indianapolis, like, what, what were they thinking? Like, obviously, they just thought Matt's time was done in Atlanta. 
No, it came reset to money. button. No, it came to money. You 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 would kick the can down the road so many times restructuring his contract. He was going to count forty-eight million against the cap this year. If you kept him, he would have been another forty million next year. By getting rid of him and trading him, you just take a forty million dollar hit this year, and next year you reset. They'll have a hundred and thirty million dollars in cap space next year. But does anybody oh. want to play in Atlanta? Not this year, <laughs> but yes, best stadium in the NFL. Period. Oh, yeah. An owner who will literally yeah. break the bank for you, yep. or you can attest to that. Mr. Blank will give you a blank check and oh, keep yeah. you around. And it's it's a very well-run organization. Thomas Dimitrov just absolutely screwed us contractually for years. And this was finally, it all came, it all came to pass. Julio, gone. Maddie, yeah. gone. You know, Calvin Ridley screws us with the gambling stuff. So, I don't that know what stadium? they're doing. That stadium, like you said, is the best best, the best stadium. In the NFL. It's better than Dallas's stadium. It is. I, I've been to both, and I I was blown away by the stadium, and not only just the just like the way it was laid out, but the experience, yeah, no, and the way they came amazing. in, and the Home Depot backyard, and yeah, just phenomenal, is, man. I've not been to Vegas. SoFi though, because SoFi looks sick. I have yeah. not been to Vegas's new stadium, and I have not been to SoFi. You know, now that I don't yeah. travel with the Falcons, I haven't had a chance to see some of the newer ones, but. Falcons will be the worst team in the NFL this year. Unequivocally, the Jets would whoop our ass. No. Uh, actually, oh, yeah. Go look at the Falcons roster. We played a game oh, on our bad. show, Mike. You'll love this the other day. We did Falcon or not. So I just grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed like a bunch of random ass names, like scrub NBA players and not been it's different scrub NBA players, uh, like former, former, I don't just like lacrosse players. We're the well, we're not the home, but Brian Finner and played for the Falcons. I was a sideline reporter for ten years. I'd go through the list, and they're going, "I have never heard of this person." Falcon, not Falcon. It was hilarious. That's how fast this roster is. Oh, oh I had no idea. Okay, damn, that sucks. That's tough that- for me as the Dirty Bird man, because I, you know, obviously in our, our late nineties, and John, you and I have had a lot of conversations about it, man, about my time with the with the birds, man. That's where kind of the origin of the name. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see. We had Matt Ryan after he was traded in studio for an hour. Wow. Came in, sat with us for an hour. Could not have been nice. We ended up at our station for about three. Signing autographs, talking to our salespeople, everything. Uh, it should be up on YouTube. If you look at the 680 The Fan YouTube page, there's an hour interview with us with Matt Ryan. And, I mean, th- th- there's two quarterbacks that I've loved in the NFL in my life. One's Dan Marino, one's Matt Ryan. It's nice to have somewhat of a personal relationship with him. You know, he gave me a hug afterwards. He signed He signed to my son, Kane, because it happened to be the day before Kane's birthday. I brought a jersey in. He said, happy birthday, Kane. It's hanging in his wall. On That's his awesome. But Good just stuff. a great guy. Indianapolis is getting one of the best people. May not be the best quarterback at this age. One of the best people you will ever meet. And I can't wait till he goes to Canton, Ohio. That'll be a time I go up there and watch his Hall of Fame induction. Oh, no doubt. I hope he gets no a doubt. ring, bro. He deserves a ring for sure. He needs to get one. He does. You know what's funny is we, we haven't even taken a break. We, but, yeah, we totally we totally skipped a break, man. Frank's going to be like, dude, what the hell were you guys thinking, man? Well, hey, man. I, hey, Frank, if you're, Frank, if you're listening, bro, you let me do it all the time. So, I mean, what the hell? Let them skip a break, bro. <laughs> At this point, we might as well just keep going. We only got, so, can we talk a little bit about, like, Kane's football? Like, yeah, I mean, why not? Obviously. What's there so, to talk about? It's not like during spring ball. Talk, I, I wanted to talk basketball a little bit. Go I ahead. Let's talk about it. Last week, let's and I was in Jamaica. I will just say, and, and the week before we were on spring break, the week before, Bird and I couldn't coordinate time, and Cole was out. I got a chance to go to Greenville and see the opening game. And Greenville, wow. South Carolina, is two hours from me. And it was Friday, and I go, screw it. 
100 bucks, I'm driving up there. I drove up by myself, went and watched the game. It, it was awesome. You know, it was the first time I'd ever seen Miami play live in an NCAA tournament. Wow. Never watching that game against USC in my wildest dreams that I think they would make the Elite Eight. Shout out to those kids. Hell yeah. Moore, Cam McGusty, yep. Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller, Sam Wardenberg, Bensley Joseph, Wooga Poplar, you know, anybody else, Den Gak, who didn't play very much. Those guys made me, as a 47-year-old guy, remember what it's like to love Miami when they're being Miami. Miami basketball has never, you know, football's always been way up here, and then it was baseball, and then it was basketball. I'm not one of the guys that likes North Carolina and basketball and Duke or whatever. I, I like Miami. It's Miami across the board. If Miami's swimming or playing chess, I'm yep. cheering for the U. That's right. Dude, I shed a tear when they beat Auburn. Wow. When they the beat Auburn, they beat Auburn too. Oh, they kicked Auburn's ass. Yeah, and the yeah. best thing was leaving Greenville on that Friday. I'm walking out, and all the Duke fans and Michigan State fans, because they were in the afternoon session, and there was only, I don't know, maybe a thousand Miami fans there, if that might not have been that many. And I'm walking out in this Auburn jackass. And I've got my big turnover, Florida turnover chain on. And he goes, I bet you won't wear that crap on Sunday when we kick your ass. Oh, shut up. And I looked at him. I go, I said, your little scrawny ass won't stop me from wearing it. <laughs> and he goes, we're going to beat the hell out of you. I said, we'll see, bro. I said, keep playing with us. And we beat the hell out of it. When they won against Iowa State on Friday night, and I'm sitting in my basement. And I sat down there for probably another hour and a half, just shaking. Going, we're this close to the final four. And I don't know how you guys felt at halftime against Kansas. We're going to win the damn national title. Because you know what I did at Kansas, we're going to win this damn thing. You know what I did at halftime? I was, searching, I was searching flights, hotels, and tickets to New Orleans. Swear Bro. to God. Bro. I, heard, I, was, I didn't care. Go ahead, Michael. My bad. I was going to say, I was going to be in Jamaica for the final four. I was in Jamaica <laughs> for the final four. <laughs> Literally at halftime, I'm going, how can I fly home to New Orleans <laughs> Saturday morning and go to the final four? Thank goodness I, I didn't it. change that flight. But I, shout out to Coach L and those boys. I mean, Absolutely. they captured the imagination of what it's like to be a Canes. Yeah. I almost right. went up to Chicago for the game against Kansas. Mm. You know, John Ruiz, who we had on the show, he had offered, you know, and yep. I'm like, I don't want to spend a thousand bucks. And this again, win or lose, it doesn't matter. But I'm like, I'm going to spend a thousand bucks. I'm going to fly all the way up there and they're going to get trounced. Right. But then I'm like, I'm watching the first half. And I'm like, man, we should have went, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? And then I, I got to give it to Kansas because you know what? I am one of those guys. And if you obviously, you guys probably remember, Miami didn't have a basketball team for years. Yep. Right. So growing up, I played ball all through high school and stuff. I adapted and I love North Carolina. It was and it was post Jordan. I'm talking about like Dante Calabria. I mean, I oh, played yeah. against I played against Vince Carter when he Coda. went there. Yeah, so like Coda, Kevin Salvadori. You know, but like, look, you know, those are the guys I played against them in AAU ball. So I'm like, well, shoot, they're going to Carolina. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna root for them because that's people say you can't be a Miami Hurricane fan and root for another school. To me, you guys can like kiss my ass because I can't. <laughs> right? I, I mean, again, I still bleed orange and green. And, and I, I, I go to Hurricane games, but I'm a Carolina fan of basketball. There's so nothing what, wrong with that. I got to ask you this. So if, if Miami and Carolina would have played for the national title, who are you cheering for? Both. Whoa. It's, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a win-win, win, right? got plenty of them, man. But it's a win-win. For me, I just want to see a good game. But if you look what Kansas did against Miami in the second half. They went on a run. Oh and, and I thought the same thing at Carolina the other night. I'm like, okay, you're up 16. Can you control, can you control the momentum? 
Next thing you know, Kansas comes out. They hit a bucket. They hit a bucket. You start if missing Miami some buckets. wouldn't have gotten in that foul trouble, I'm not saying they would have won, but I don't It'd think been they more competitive. 26 points. I don't no, think they would no, no. 26 points, bro. Because they had Charlie being in foul trouble, Sam being in foul trouble, and then, you know, Wooga Poplar, I know he's a freshman. He had three bro. straight possessions to just – Oh, break. bro. They let Rick him shoot from three. the top of the key. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> bro, don't shoot that. down, and then another brick three. And I think Kansas rattled off 10 in a row in like nine seconds. I said, yeah. oh, this is over. Yeah, and it but, hurt so bad. But at the end of the day, if you look at it, right, so Kansas, you know, they, they won a national title. And you look at the girls. The girls did really well as well. I mean, obviously, you, you lost to the defending national champion and South Carolina. So you got nothing to hang your hat and say, oh, woe was me. We should have, could have, would have. Like, you played ball. Now, let's see what happens next season. Can you repeat? Um, obviously, Jordan Miller's already coming back. Let's see who else. How, do you, keep, how do you keep Isaiah Wong in, in school? Because, And I'm actually I'm a- answering at State of the U tomorrow. I've got a, a mailbag, and somebody asked me about next year's team. If Isaiah, And I know Zay put his name into the, into the uh, last year. NBA last year and didn't get back what he wanted. And I don't see him as a, I don't see him as a, a second-round either. You're going to be a G League player or right. overseas. Come back and play another year of college. Now, you you can I make hundreds can, of thousands. Bro. You can. You can. Yeah. I think he can. I think that guy's NBA ready. I, 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 I don't know if he's going to get drafted, but I think he's NBA ready. I, I honestly feel that way. Obviously, I'm in a minority. No surprise there. But um, no, I think he's I, NBA ready, bro. I'm not disagreeing with him. I think he can be an NBA player. My advice, this is just my advice, and he probably wouldn't take my advice as far as he could throw me. But if I'm not going to be a first-round pick, and the NBA is so much different, that a second-round pick, they'll be like, whatever, you're, you're going to get that two-way contract and you're going to go to you know Idaho and play, and then you'll come up and play in Sacramento. Yeah. If I'm him, I come back. He's going to have a chance to be the star next year. Yep. Work on your jump shot, and he needs to – he's a great ball handler, but he needs to tighten his ball handling. Because yeah. there's yeah. times that yeah. you know, in the Kansas he game, loose. he got really yeah. loose with the ball. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you why I was going for UNC instead of Kansas. One, because, yeah, you can say we lost to the champs, right? But I like the fact that if UNC would have won, you could say we kicked their ass. So right. Yeah, you beat them by 28. I, I, was, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was going for UNC in that game, and I was just – I was feeling bad for um, for Hubert Davis afterwards because they had it. It's just, you know, I guess the best team won. That guy did a phenomenal job coaching that team this year, man, because I know we whooped them. And I watched most of that game, and from that game on, like they grew a lot. They tra- yeah, they turned it around. Man. So you got to give you got to give that guy a lot of respect for the job he did. Yeah. You, no, you know, sure, and again, man. it's it's only gonna. Carolina's been down over the last couple of years, right? I, I think we can attest to that. Mm-hmm. But seeing what he did this year and how those kids bought into it, it's the same way I think that how Miami bought into Coach L. Because you got to remember, like. And it's disturbing to me that finally they get all the way to the Elite Eight, and then now you finally want to rank them at the end of the year. I mean, 16 come on. at that. Right? They should have been ranked after beating Duke in Duke. the Cathedral of College Basketball. Correct. They should have at Correct. least been top, they should have been at least 25th. And they were getting but here's the thing, though, Mike, right? Do you have to be ranked to me? Keep that chip on your shoulder. And I think that's what they did. They kept it's that chip on their shoulder. Thing, you're right. I, I get it. I get it. You know, when they played Iowa State, I mean, I'm sorry, when they first played USC, and I'm looking at USC, and they're they're a big team. They're a tall Huge. team. And I'm like, okay, as long as Miami can get out and run, it's going to be a no-brainer how they control that. They were hitting threes. Uh, Jordan Miller, I think, was the X factor pretty much throughout the whole tournament. He kind of got, you know, against Kansas. I don't know what happened. Again, I think, I think the refs, and, and I think this goes for every sport, 
the refs always have something to do on who they really want to funnel to those like those final games, right? Because there were some bullcrap calls against like ticky tack fouls that they're calling against Miami, but yet they don't call it against Kansas. You know, so again, foul trouble with Charlie Moore, Jordan Miller, Wardenburg. Yep. Again, uh, were they 26 points better than us? No. Maybe 10 points better than us? Probably. Um, but we have no – and you saw it in the championship game. Once Baycott – like that kid McCormick for Kansas, he's sure, an he's animal, a bro. Man. Bro. No, monster. <laughs> you know, but honestly, I saw at the beginning of that game, man, when Kansas was wearing us down and trying to – I think all they were trying to do at first was that they're like, look, they can, they can go up, up at halftime. No big deal. We're going to get those guys in foul trouble because we know they have no bench. And, and, they're gonna, and they ran. Can't, I mean, if you watch Kansas, it's full speed from beginning to end, and, and it can lead us to football for a second. You, I, I'm sure everybody saw what Barry Jackson tweeted out today where Mario stopped practice and apparently yeah. lit into everybody. Love it. Um, where has this been for two decades? That's what mm-hmm. I want to see in spring practice. You want to half-ass? Okay, we'll stop it. Go down there and run some gassers and, and come back. This is the accountability we've been talking about forever and why I think you know, 2022 is going to be a very, very special year at Miami because you think this is happening in March and early April. Now you're going to have spring, you know, you'll finish up with the spring game and then you're going to have all these summer workouts with crazy ass Aaron Feld uh, and, and his wild mustache getting everybody in shape and then come back in the fall transfers coming in. And I've, I've seen like four or five different names, potentially they could be picking up as well. And the competition and all these young kids coming in, Mike, I don't know about you. I love it. It's about love damn it. time. I don't have to hear candy ass Manny Diaz you know, giving out participation plaques on a Tuesday because you got you got through a fifty yard dash. Yep. Bro, preach, bro. You're preaching to the choir. My thing is, how the hell wasn't it like this? Because if you're Manny Diaz, right, whom I was a big defender of first, but then sure. things start to come out and you learn and you like, okay, I can't stand for this because this is not Miami. If you were a fan of the program, right, going to the games in the Orange Bowl, know what it's like, how the hell can you tolerate certain things? Like, I don't understand so, how things went on for as long as they did under his watch. And it was really upsetting to, to, to know because that's not Miami football. And if you claim to know the culture as well as you did growing up as a fan, that's bull, you know what, on you. Yeah. So listen to this. So today I had I opportunity – Today I had the opportunity to talk to uh, I I met up I was over at Brian Blade's house right he's my boy, and so we were talking when that whole thing first came out that that tweet came out or whatever it came out about Mario, and then next thing you know Brian goes it's about freaking time that's what Jimmy used to do to us because we would be out there we'd be on the last session something wouldn't go right he would make us go back in the locker room come all the way back out and redo practice again from start to finish. <laughs> He says, he goes, that is a Jimmy Johnson trade. He goes, people don't think this. He goes, Mario's going to get Miami back the way it used to be. And and you see it today. Vince Woolfork's walking around the sidelines. Warren Sapp's back on the sideline. Edge is there. You know, just the the players are coming back around. You know, again. Who the hell put Trick Daddy's government name on his sideline pass? I called that out. I called that out. I'm like, bro, really? Like, if, if I'm if I'm working the table and I'm handing out passes, man, there is no way that I'm putting his real name on there. I'm putting just straight trick on there. Or just T double D, something like that. Yeah. Come on, man. Trick, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's Maurice Young. Yeah, Maurice. But you want to know what, what I like yeah. about this is what I like about this, you know, this new regime is people are scared of Mario. And that's how it should be. Because this is full. You know, guys were terrified of yeah. Butch Davis, and I have personal accounts of guys. Team that that knew 
there, there was, there's a, if you guys are, well, you are familiar with Miami, but if you head down to the Grove and you go down Grand Avenue and 37th Avenue, which is Douglas Road, there is a yeah. little blue building that's on, that's right on the street. It used to be a barbershop. It's an abandoned building now. It's really, really small. Okay. That was the original Kane's Barbershop because a guy by the name of, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the family name. I'm forgetting the name. But uh, he passed away. He was a pastor. It was him that was the barber and his wife. Okay. They were both barbers. Barbara Daniels and Walter Daniels. There you go. I was okay. in the fourth grade in 1994. And that was when I met my first set of Hurricanes fans. That's why Earl Little is always my will always be my favorite hurricane because he's the first guy that I met as a cane. I wanted my hair cut, cut like him. And all it was, was a low boy fade. I'm going off topic here, but, um, oh, this is good. That's what we I do heard here. things in there and stuff. About, <laughs> I, heard, I heard things in there and stuff about butcher Davis, how they were terrified of him. Okay. And that's how it needs to be. That's how it needs to be. They, they those guys, butch wouldn't take crap from anyone. Okay. And I'm not one of those guys that wanted him back, but that's part of the reason is why we were great because it needs, it starts up here. And if anybody thinks that this staff is playing favorites or has uh, personal feelings towards anybody, don't get attached. Don't get attached to to a, a player on the team because if they don't play, it's for a reason. Yeah, and you know, look, I mean, we're all you know close with with Andy, right? And even Andy, like you would assume, okay, hey, we're good on kicker. You know, he's still bringing in he's still bringing in guys. You know, and look, I mean, you know, like I said, I love that kid, love his family, but at the same time, there's a culture and a sense of competition and it's one that that needs to exist and you know even even andy needs to know like look your job's not guaranteed you got to come in and you got to you got to win it and if you think that i'm not going to look at somebody else i mean that's it's it's a mental move with him i don't think he's gonna mario said that today too um you know again they don't care who they're bringing in they need to get better at every position and to me that's the important thing you can't be stagnant and you can't be satisfied with mediocrity you know, our old line has been horrible for I don't even know how many years. And I'd Since go back Brian to probably oh one. Right? Yeah, like oh one. Right? I mean, decent, it was actually decent under Golden. 2013. 2013, I think, was probably the best with McDermott and Chantrell and Feliciano um, and Linder. Like, that was probably the best since oh one. But after that, like, your old line is putrid. You know, your D line's been yeah. good. I mean, you had, you've had good DNs. You know, you take away RJ, uh, Kendrick, and Jared Willis. Like really, where's your D tackles been? Right, that's that's really your last couple of D tackles. So, right. but Mario knows what it's going to take to build from the inside out, right? Of course. And and listen, are we going to stumble this year? Maybe, but your schedule is really set up for you. Charlotte Brown, bro. bro. Charlotte Brown. I don't Brown. think. I don't think. I, I just want to see the three of you up there. Actually, y'all, oh. y'all bet not miss the trip to Atlanta for. The I'm coming up for Georgia Tech. Tech. Okay, because yeah, that's my birthday weekend. Ooh. I'll be down the week previous for Florida State. Then y'all better be up here for yeah. the Georgia Tech. I, I, I won't. I won't do it. I won't do the ACC title game. Me and the wife, we booked a cruise. Like we're definitely on a cruise from the third, mm. unless she lets me change that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to have to suck it if up. And hold on. If we're eleven and one going to Charlotte, you ain't. I would rather. Cruise. I would rather go to a bowl game. I'd rather go to like to like a New York Six bowl game. Like to me, that trip to Charlotte sucks. Like to me, that doesn't mean anything to me. I went there a couple of years ago when we played in the first ACC title game. And, and I have bad memories about it. So let me not be there and you win it. And then I'll, 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 I'll meet you at the bowl game. John, <laughs> so, I'll be up there for Georgia Tech, John. I'll be oh, up there. Yeah. We're going to kick it. Gonna yeah, kick it. My that, wife yeah. can't hear me right now and she won't listen anyway. 
Uh, we're we're, we're going to hit up some of the adult establishments here. There you go. Uh oh. Maybe it's the Pony. Maybe it's Magic City. Maybe Onyx. Maybe all three of them. You never know. <laughs> well, listen, we, we got to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.